FC faithful, Defenders Nation. I'm going to say it. Philly's going to say it. We're going to talk about it a whole bunch. First of all, welcome to Defenders of the Bank, episode 223 of the most LAFC podcast on earth. We want to thank all of our fans in Philadelphia joining us to listen to this episode because Philly, pinch me, it's real. We, out. don't really pinch me. We are going to MLS Cup for the first time, brother. We not only do it for LA, we did it for LA. And we answered one question today. And that is the question of who is the best in the West? And that is us. Hello, Los Angeles Major League Soccer, the rest of the world, and the millions, and millions of Defenders of the Bank listeners and fans of the black and gold. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we're going to the finals. We're going to the finals. Yes! So we record at on this like really hard table, and Philly hit it once with like the underside of his hand, and then slapped it twice. How's your hand right now, buddy? You good? I punch things harder than this table. All right. Well, listen, everybody. This is exciting news for all of us, and first and foremost, because we saw so many of them at the bank today, we want to thank our good friends at Flex Flex Power Tools. Love you guys. They have an incredible deal going on right now in stadium. There was a $50 off their best tool set. There was like $199 instead of 249 But guys, Flex, it's the front of kit sponsor for your future MLS Cup champions, LAFC. They have a lifetime warranty on all of their tools on every single part from the battery on down to everything else included, you guys. We, we loved seeing our Flex friends there today. Obviously, we had Katie and Brady and Taylor and Shane and Joe was there. And I mean, it was just, it was awesome. Everybody was there. Vince, Vince was there too. We were having a fantastic time with everybody over at Flex. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making us part of the Flex family. Go to flexpowertools.com. There is a question that people ask quite consistently to a scarf. What is that And question? the question is, are Flex Power Tools any good? And the answer <laughs> is an emphatic yes. There you go. You've heard all you need to know about Flex Power Tools. So go check them out over at flexpowertools.com. And want to remind everybody as we are moving towards MLS Cup for the first time. Holy hell. Someone who we wish could all be there, obviously, is Mo Fascio and the Mauricio Mo Fascio Futsal Court fundraising effort in Southeast LA is underway. LAFC, the LAFC Foundation and the 3252 are partnering to build a futsal court in Southeast LA in Mo's honor. And as it has been all season, the link to donate is in our bio. So please donate often scarf philly he is here yes he's here he's there he's everywhere yes and i'm not obviously quoting a a, a ted lasso reference like mo is with us in spirit mo is always with us in bank of california stadium anytime you see that forza mo badge whether it's on your sleeve my sleeve or anywhere else yeah. mo is there with us and mo was there to propel us to the western conference championship and mo will be there to witness all of us Rejoice in what's about to happen next week. I can't wait. And again, uh, it has been put out by Major League Soccer, by LAFC PR. It will be November 5th at 1 p.m. at Bank of California Stadium. There were rumors about the game being moved to a Sunday. There were rumors about the game being moved to SoFi. (laughs) Rumors. All I will say is everything, and we mean everything, from LAFC and Major League Soccer that we have received so far has said 
that it will be November 5th, which is a Saturday, at 1 p.m. at Bank of California Stadium. Normally, we have a whole rundown of things that we talk about. We will have a very quick This Day in LAFC History. There's one little bit of news and notes that we want to get to. And we will actually have a a sort of, kind of, ACFC Minute. It's going to be kind of fun. Uh, And then, of course, we'll talk about the breakdown of the beatdown of the broccoli. That was an incredible... I mean, look, maybe the best 90 minutes LAFC has ever played from start to finish. So many Mm. things went well for LAFC. So many things went poorly for FC Broccoli. And then we'll take a look at the matchup. It's looming. We wanted it. We got it. Number one versus number one in the MLS Cup Final. I cannot wait. Just a quick reminder for all of you fans out there in Philadelphia, Wales, or wherever it might be. Maybe you're in the beautiful country of Italy wondering. Scarf, we have a lot of listeners in Singapore. We do have a lot. That's not even a freaking lot. Look, we say a lot of things tongue-in-cheek, but there are a lot of listeners in Singapore. We would like to thank you for listening to us in Singapore. If you want to host us at the Marina Bay Sands, we will gladly visit. I don't even know where that is. I'm assuming it's in Singapore. but uh, That's the hotel with the infinity pool, Scarf. where you're up above and you're looking the city and it's beautiful. I'm in. I spent right, my honeymoon let's go. there. Uh, you spent your honeymoon there? Yeah. That sounds fun. It was uh, good. A quick reminder if you're not already, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank. And of course, that's Bank with a C. Yes, Philly. And I will also add, follow us on YouTube as well. We have not produced any kind of original content just yet, but we have reproduced the press conferences that have happened prior to the games and after the games. So if you want to hear from the players and the coach, at the very least, tune into that channel. Uh, and going in and transitioning into next season, we'll obviously have original content as well. We do have a meeting with a studio on Wednesday, so hopefully that turns out to be something pretty good. But stay tuned and also subscribe oh, to Defenders of the Bank, the YouTube channel. That's this Wednesday. Oh, my goodness. All right, oh, cool. gosh. God forbid. Man, man, No, man. I know. I just forgot that it was... Listen, I've had a long last week, okay, buddy? Oh, wait. wait why? Where have you been? <laughs> I was in D.C. with my students. For those of you guys that follow us and listen to our preview pod, uh, got to spend five days with 36 eighth graders. That uh, does not sound pleasant. You know what? I have to say this, and I, and, and I wouldn't just say this on the pod if it wasn't true. Those kids were amazing. They, they did a very, very, very good job of both behaving and really taking in all the fun stuff, all the moments that, uh, that we experienced in Washington, D.C. I am very, very lucky to work at a school that affords me the opportunity to be able to go to Washington, D.C. with 36 eighth graders, and there are about five other chaperones that went with us. Uh, I've also been lucky enough to go to Memphis and Boston and several other really cool places with this school. I, I am. How again, much walking did you I, do there, by the way? Uh, we did. We did thirteen point one. I met Memphis. The first day we went walking in Memphis. <laughs> That's exactly the I, joke. I used to always think that that was Bruce Springsteen, but it is not. It's like a one-hit wonder guy that I've never heard of. Ooh, before. ooh. Yeah, okay, I, carry I on. I'm going to look it up real quick. Uh, we are going to do a very quick this day in LAFC history. We are recording this. On Sunday, October 30th at just about 8 p.m. Mark Cohn. Mark, yeah. He's the one-hit wonder guy that did Walk It in Memphis. I Every time it I... received a Song of the Year nomination at the 34th Grammy Awards in 1992. Thank you. Scarf, how old were you in 1992? I, As you said, it's the Grammy Awards, so that's later on in the year. I was likely nine. I was 12. There you go. You're old. Uh, so we You're do a, a thing called This Day in LAFC History on here, and, and I, dare I say... Few dates, Philly, are more important in the annals giggity of LAFC history than October 30th, this one being in 2014, literally the birth of LAFC on October 30th, 2014, the Major League Soccer awards a franchise 
to Los Angeles. And from there on, we tore down the sports arena and built the bank, and we have built the best supporters group fan base in all of Major League Soccer. We affectionately refer to you as the millions. And millions. And it all started. It all started on October 30th, 2014. So, uh, Scarf, other than us clinching the Western Conference, can you tell me what the other greatest moment that you are aware of in the history of that little spot, the uh, the LA Sports Arena? Oh, man. I could tell you mine. All right. What WrestleMania what? Seven. There you go. See, I knew <laughs> I knew it was a WrestleMania because I know we've had what? Were there two there? Was there two? Was there I only two? recall seven. Okay. It was supposed to be at the Coliseum. Right. That was the infamous Hulk Hogan beat Sergeant Slaughter for the WWF title. Right. The, the man, I just I miss it being called WWF. By the way, <laughs> well, well, World there's something Wild, called the World Wildlife the World Federation. Wildlife fund, well, fund. World oh. Wildlife Fund. <laughs> uh, the uh, was there really going to be any like? Oh, well, they could mean us, or they could mean the wrestling. Oh, it was just so dumb. I'll anyway. tell you one thing: they did whether it was them or whether it was a bootleg thing. The best thing I saw so that World Wildlife Fund has like the photos of the two pandas. The uh, the the. I don't know, I guess you could say the uh, jeopardized, the bastardized version of it, had the two panda bears, but one of them with a chair, and it's a WWF. That is a great t-shirt, <laughs> like by the it. way. I like it. Uh, we, we normally, we look, around this time of year, Philly, we just don't have that many news and notes to go around. But, you know, there's some cool news and notes happening in the world of Major League Soccer, and that is the MLS Regular Season Awards. Many have been announced so far, still two to go. And, and you know, I just wanted to highlight the uh, award winners so far. We're going to see at least three of them at Bank of California Stadium next weekend. The Young Player of the Year. Philly and I both remember what it was like to be young once. That would be <laughs> nope. Jesus Ferreira of FC Dallas, or as Philly likes to call him, FC Ribeye Steak. Jesus Ferreira yep. most likely going to Qatar uh, for the World Cup for U.S. Men's National Team. Young Player of the Year. A trio of awards for Philly. And no, I'm not talking about you, my co-host. There's going to be a lot of confusion. For just, you. And you. <laughs> and the millions. And millions. All right. So when you're speaking negatively, um, make sure it's not about me. Got it. Yeah. So, Got it. Uh, there's going to be uh, a trio of awards for the Philadelphia Union. Andre Blake, the goalkeeper of the year. And he had another good save today. He's got skills. Against NYCFC. Uh, Jacob Glesnes, the defensive player of the year, who broke Walker Zimmerman's two-year stranglehold on the award. And Jim Curtin. I hate to tell you what his nickname was I, growing up. I know, but we're not gonna. No, I'm not. I said I'd hate to tell you. There you go. Jim Curtin, coach of the year, and he is certainly very, very good and also looks like <laughs> a high school chemistry teacher. Yes. So the same way several of you went out there and went to Scarf, let me see your telescope, come up to us <laughs> next week at the final and ask us what Jim Curtin's nickname was no, when he was growing Philly. up. Ask yeah, Philly. ask me. I actually know because I know the people he grew up with. There you go. And if you ask me... Uh, prizes are to be given. All right. You say you give out prizes. I like it. I gave out a bunch of pins today for all the people that asked. I gave away my big old Run DMC LAFC chain, too. You gave that away? Yeah. The one that you were wearing after the... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I didn't have anything else. It was either that or my pants, and obviously it had to have been the chain. I didn't know you gave that away. I'm a Uh, generous man, Scarf. You are. Newcomer of the year. It was Chicho, of course. Chicho Arango in 2021. This year, it was Atlanta's Tiago Almada, the winner of the 2022 Newcomer of the Year Award. Comeback Player of the Year, and Jesus, he won... Coming back from what? Comeback Player of the Year from being awful... And being awful for most of this season, actually, too, would be Gonzalo Iguain, the recently retired Philly. He had 16 goals on the season, but (laughs) 
He was left for dead. He was left out of the roster for 14 straight games. And then in the final, what, 14 games or so of the season from July 12th on, dude scored 14 of his 16 goals. So 16 goals in his final campaign. I mean, a world-class talent, you can't obviously like neglect that. But I mean, it's just strange to me. Yes, I get it. He hasn't been solid or even really good in Major League Soccer. But at the same time, what is he coming back from? He was expected to to do this yeah. so it's not so much coming back it's like hello this should be the hello where have you been award quite <laughs> right. honestly now, he was awful for the first year and a half or so in miami but look hey he ended his career on a high note winning uh, i'm sure that'll go right right next to all of the european trophies that he won yeah sure, right mls <laughs> right above right above his porcelain stall <laughs> oh, unreal uh, there's still two awards left to award, and that would be the Humanitarian of the Year. We may see one winner in Alejandro Bedoya. He Do something. The nominees. <laughs> right? He said that a year ago. Absolutely. No, was that it was a year huge. ago or That's, two. No, that was maybe even The whole gun control ago. thing. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It might have been two years ago. Wasn't that during uh, COVID Cup? That he said that, right? He scored a goal and knocked down the corner flag and yelled into the corner microphone. I don't know. Well, this is where the age shows because, like, I recall, but I don't recall. Right. So that's Alejandro Bedoya. Kai Kamara of the Montreal, or excuse me, I almost called him the Impact, the club, the Foot Clan, uh, Club de Foot Montreal, <laughs> and a player who we saw just today at Bank California Stadium, <laughs> yeah. Brad Stuver. More on him in a little bit. And of course, the MVP still yet to be given out. You and I think it will be Hani Mukhtar. Uh, it's uh, basically between Hani Mukhtar and Sebastian Driussi. Andre Blake, Chicharito, and our very own Chicho Arango are the other three finalists for the award. I do not expect Chicho Arango to win it, but he may get an award, a vote or two. I mean, he, he certainly at the very least should get a vote. I mean, LAFC has been, he's, it's been a different team yeah. ever since he graced the roster. Prior yeah. to Chicho last season, not a great team. Yeah. Chicho comes through, he's just been. He's been, he's set Major League Soccer on fire. Oh, Let's just we, put it we that way. We mentioned he was newcomer of the year last year, uh, MVP nominee this year. So obviously, Chicho getting the eyes of everybody in Major League Soccer. Normally, we do a Las Vegas Lights update, and if they were still playing, we would, but they are not, so we will not. But we will do an Angel City minute. And again, if you are not following at Angel City Chicks, they are the premier slash only <laughs> uh, podcast for Angels City fo- Angel City Football Club out there. Please follow at Angel City Chicks on all forms of social media. <laughs> I love the fact that you are shouting them out. I, I, I feel like you got in trouble at some point for not doing this. And they have. Yes. Considering our significant others run that social that, media. That is possibly true that I got in trouble. Uh, the reason why we're mentioning Angel City is that Freya Coom, Carrie Ricaro, Carrie Fleischauer of the front office, and many, many more were in attendance today at Bank of Austin, California Austin, who loves Stadium. pie. Austin, right? Austin was there. I, I forget that he's over with Angel City now. I just, you know. Freya was in line. Like, I, I rolled up to her. I'm like, Freya, I love you. Good season. And she smiled. And I'm like, yeah, Freya yeah, it's acknowledged like, me. Carrie Ricardo is one of my favorite players on Angel City. If you guys aren't coming out to the Angel City games. And I know there was that whole thing. Oh, they wished good luck to the Galaxy. Okay. But then they, they also said congratulations to LAFC for. They know, also deleted that, that post scarf. The, the one that they said good luck to look, the Galaxy. Look, we, we, we've been asked about this. Uh, look, we, we could talk about this in our, like, you know, wrapping up the season sure. thing. Sure. Not, not the time to talk about it. Oh, so about we're not it. talking about it right now. Got no, it. I, no, no, because, because it's Either way, they showed controversial. Up the, they showed up to the game today. Yes, so they prop, did. Props Shout out to them. Love to the uh, Angel City FC. 
All right, that's it. Uh, nothing more to talk about. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys on episode 224. Bye-bye. Nothing, nothing more to talk about here. <laughs> oh, wait, Philly, we're still going to MLS Cup. We're going to the Cup. We are going to the Cup. Oh, my gosh. To think to that we've been in, we were in the same position earlier this morning than we, as we were in 2019, meaning we were in the Western Conference Finals, looking and eyeing an opportunity to play, clinch the division, and win the MLS Cup. We certainly acted like we've been there before. The really, team- any PTSD for seeing a team in green out there as well, by the way? <laughs> With it being Seattle Sounders last time we I did mean, it's, it's a different kind of green. It, is. it, 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 it is. certainly is. It's, dare I say, a prettier shade of green. It is. It's a and, mint green. I and, like. I, and I got to say, for those of you who only got to watch the game on TV, one thing that we witnessed because we were on Christmas Tree Lane uh, as we were going to break down our defenders of the bank tent and move on into Bank of California Stadium, the march of the Austin supporters occurred as we were doing that. And Austin brought a very decent amount of people there. It was organized. It was nice. And I got to tell you, for a team that is only in year two, the things they have done, obviously, as a team on the pitch, that's one thing. But what they have done is like a supporter space and as a culture is something that you got to tip your hat off to. There are teams that have been around since 96. And no, this is not a poke at the galaxy because I could care less about those dumbasses. What I'm trying to say is the New Jersey energy drinks. A, a horrific example of, of MLS 1.0. And what I mean by that is in their playoff game against FC Cincinnati in a stadium that holds 25,000 people, there were 10,000 people there. Yeah. Absolutely and utterly disgusting and pathetic. Forget them. They are the past. But I wanted to, again to tip my hat off to the Austin supporters. They brought a bunch of people. They were nice. From what I heard, there was a little bit of drama, I guess, as to be expected. But... It was really cool to see like them do their walk into Bank of California Stadium. It re- reminds me of several of the walks we've done, going to San Jose, going to Portland, going to Seattle. It was a pretty good showing, Scarf. I, I have to say, in our five years of being a part of this club, covering it from the inside and the outside, it was the most impactful supporters group walk I have seen in the five years that we have uh, been supporting this team. It was, and I mean this because, look, we just saw Carson come through our stadium, and they probably brought just as many, but they're from, what, 11, 12, 13 miles down the road. Austin completely filled the section that was allotted to them. They had maybe 300, 350 people in this walk. They had some flares. They were drumming. They were chanting. They had trumpets. It was a whole thing that they did, and and I got to say, it woke up the 3252 a little bit early. We were out there having a good time, having some breakfast tacos, and uh, it was one of those things where all of a sudden, the it was like the Avengers assembled, and uh, 800, 900, maybe 1,000. Shout out to the 42 originals, because those <laughs> scarves were out there before anybody right? else was. That was great, but look, it's you're absolutely right. What Austin is doing in terms of supporter culture and a fan base, it's something that LAFC should be very proud of because I think it's something that LAFC had a large hand in inspiring. And and, and, and a lot of their supporters actually acknowledged that as we were talking to them. And you were talking about MLS 1.0 and the disaster that the New York New Jersey Metro stars are now being the Red Bull New York. This is an example of, I don't even know what the hell we're on. Is it 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, whatever they're calling this, whatever Austin is a part of, whatever LAFC, Atlanta, and, and Charlotte, what we're seeing now, FC Cincinnati, incredible support. Uh, but I think, again, 
It's the away support that you and I really wanted to acknowledge uh, from Austin FC. Uh, you know, props, props to hundred percent, props to everything that they brought to the table today. Uh, and again, a great march to the match. But Philly out there on Christmas tree lane, you and I are having a good time. <laughs> We're hanging out under the canopy, time. and there's some guy that walks over. Uh oh, wearing a number sixty nine on the back huh. of his kit. It was as if an angel <laughs> descended from the heavens. We couldn't believe it. And I, again, I, I get why Gareth Bale didn't see the pitch today because he hasn't really been in form. Why was there not a Gary Gold sighting out on the pitch today? There, For those of you who do not know who this man is, Gary Gold, look, go to YouTube. First and foremost, go to YouTube and look up Gary Gold. Gary Gold... Uh, there are some people from five years ago that are rolling their eyes right now going, I thought this guy was dead. No, no, back? no. Those people from five years ago are happy that he was back. <laughs> Gary Gold, like I'm not going to spoil it for you. Just go to YouTube and look up the Gary Gold story. It is bloody hilarious. He was a big part of the inception of this club. Did a lot of great things. <laughs> he was a part of the inception. In season oh, yeah. one, we had the honor and privilege of interviewing him. It's he like, came to the rec center. Like, oh yeah, that's how far. And, and we didn't goes. send him the uh, the uh, the executive Uber car. He <laughs> he 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 carpooled with me. Um, but he he came to Bank of California Stadium. Big shout out to Greg Ash, the man behind Gary Gold. Yes. It is. Let's put it this way. It was like a comedic. It was like Ted Lasso meets Eastbound and Down before what, there was a Ted Lasso. I don't know what you're talking about. It was the first global superstar to really embrace Los Angeles football. Oh, my God. You, you Look up the whole Gary Gold saga. <laughs> it was hilarious. I loved it. I even went out of my way to get a gold 69 jersey, which, you hell, I, I might need to flash that at some point. Check it out. The minute I saw him, oh. I mean, it... it I mean, it was reminiscent of 2019, 2018, right. when times were different, when, when everything was young, fresh, exciting, and new. And No, you weren't young. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Where you all would have seen him. Anytime we have the Derby against the Galaxy, you might see a blonde-haired guy with these weird, like, like pimp glasses from, like, the 80s holding a sign that says Carson 13 bloody miles away. That's Gary Gold. He was there, and big shout-out to our buddy Gary, a.k.a. Greg Ash. Yeah, that's, uh, again, I thought it was a guy in a really good Gary Gold Halloween costume <laughs> when he was walking up to us. I mean, I mean around, the, around these parts, that right? would be a good costume. Oh, it was great. Uh, can we also talk about a Bryce Duke sighting at Bank of California Stadium, both before, during, and after the match? And really trying to before after he got the uh, you know the crap that he got from his supporters for the club yeah. that he plays for. What I love is he's really trying to blend in. He's wearing a number nineteen jersey that says Duke Duke on the back. So uh, yeah, you know Bryce really trying. There's to There's only in. so many five seven kids that look like an Abercrombie <laughs> and Fitch model that have played for LAFC. Oh, I love I love seeing that kid there. And uh, you know we'll talk about this after the match. But I thought it was really cool that Tristan Blackman said some cool stuff uh, on Twitter as well. Let's let's talk about the honorary Falconer. Wow. That was my Owen Wilson impersonation. That's all I got. Uh, Owen Wilson, obviously co-star of Will Ferrell's of, of many different movies. We didn't get to see the honorary Falconer be Owen Wilson. but Okay, uh, I'm glad but, you're telling but, me this because I don't remember it the, at all. The girls told us about it. We were doing pregame with 110 Football. Ah, that's wow. why I don't remember. Owen Wilson at Bank of California Stadium. That Hansel, he's so hot right now. <laughs> And then, all right, all right, look, 
It's bad enough that you're already good looking. It's bad enough that you're on every billboard other than Jacob and Ronnie's billboards throughout Los Angeles. It's bad enough. <laughs> Who we got to chat with at halftime. That was nice to see you, Jacob. Uh, it's bad or enough injury, that you're on every Jacob television screen Ronnie. or movie screen or anything else. But Jaime Camille, are you telling me you can sing now too? It's not after, fair. After having just watched not fair. that guy butcher the national anthem in game two of the World Series where he literally skipped. Oh, you're still watching versus, that crap? I'm watching. Phillies and the Astros? Yeah, I'm watching it. You're like one of the five people watching it. That's okay. I'm a baseball guy. Born and raised through and Which through. Which is why I, don't, I didn't think you would watch but it. to watch Watch that singer, and I don't care to know his name right now because he butchered the national anthem so badly, do such a terrible job. And then to watch Jaime Camille, who, by the way, is playing Chente, Vicente Fernandez, in a new movie coming up. So make sure you guys check that out. He's not paying us to say that. I just I now want to watch him sing because he absolutely killed the national anthem Philly. No, he, he absolutely did. And look, I had my reservations towards Jaime. As an actor, you're going to be very wary about people who come into Bank of California Stadium and say that, oh, this is my club. This is my passion. I will admit I was not a fan originally of Jaime Camille, but he is at every game. He represents the club. He bleeds black and gold. Unlike some of our owners, um, I will say that Magic Johnson at the very least tweeted to LAFC, but Tony Robbins awaking the giant within. How about we awaken the owner within? Where the hell have you been? Your team is on the uh, was, is on the verge of winning precipice, precipice of winning the league's cup, and I have not seen you in five years. I am ready, willing, and able to burn my awaken the giant within. Anytime I see Tony Robbins stuff, it disgusts me. Where are you, Tony? Wait, you earn you own the book. Yeah. Uh, I don't want it owning it anymore. Gotta go. Yeah, it's got to go. Yeah, I'd rather story. read Napoleon Hill or or Dale Carnegie. Uh, Tony Robbins is dead to me. All six foot four is dead to me. He cannot make it up to me. Absentee owner is as good as an I don't give a crap about this team owner. Tony Robbins, I hate you. How tall is Tony Robbins? Who cares? I'm he's non-existent. He's a ghost. He's he weighs as much as Casper, the friendly ghost yeah, does. He's 6'7". Who cares? He's non-existent. It doesn't matter. He's tall. That's all I'm saying. He's tall. Tony, I hate you. Speaking of things that are tall, how about a 60-foot tall, I believe it was 165-foot wide, one of the most incredible TIFOs that you will ever see by the 3252. You guys, everybody who was responsible for that in the 3252, just if you're listening, just pat yourself on the back, hug yourself, kiss your significant other, whatever it might be. That was so beautiful. The the Halloween themed the uh, it's just it's so good. It's so good. Nightmare on Elm Street. What an incredible Freddy Krueger, right? Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I saw a meme recently, Scarf. Yes. It was like Freddy, and it was just like um, you know, don't forget your dreams or stop, don't stop dreaming, or, right? or right, something right, right. along those lines. That's no, that was that's good. I can picture it now. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Nightmare on Figueroa Street is uh, one of the flags that Cuervo's had that they had made. So uh, just an incredible TIFO by the 3252. And look, it, it doesn't it doesn't surprise us anymore. It just surprises us in the different ways that they're able to wow us at this point. We expect a lot from the 3252 uh, for moments like this. And that TIFO was ridiculous. All right, Philly, we talked about everything before the match. Let's head inside Bank of California. I think Stadium. I wasted my time telling the millions, and millions about how much I hate Tony Robbins and his absentee ownership. I, I think that it is a bell that you have been ringing for quite some time now. Because I'm waiting other, for him to prove me wrong. Until otherwise, Philly. I'm you, trying to be as inspirational as him. You ring that bell.
Good. You, you, I will. You do you, boo. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Philly, let's get into the lineups. Let's get into our thoughts behind the uh, Western Conference showdown between FC Broccoli and LAFC. What an incredible run that Austin had this season. But unfortunately, it would come to an end at Bank of California Stadium. Their manager, Josh Wolf, a longtime <laughs> Major League Soccer player who capped over 50 times with the U.S. men's national team, scoring nine goals. Has a kid on the team that we'll talk about in just a little bit. Comes out on a 4-2-3-1. And yes, this is the very same Austin team, Philly, that you and I talked about on One More Sleep, that we talked about on 110 Football, that we talked about on the preview show, that beat us 2-1 at Bank of California Stadium behind a very different lineup than what we would see today that you will talk about in just a second. And whooped, and I mean whooped, us 4-1 in Austin behind four straight goals to start the match, capitalizing on each and every one of the mistakes that LAFC made, but like Carlos Vela said in the pregame, like Steve Chirundolo said in the pregame interviews, and like you and I have been saying to the millions and millions, it has no bearing on what happened in these 90 minutes, and that's faux show because we put an absolute whooping on this lineup that I'm about to read. A player who would not play in this match was uh, left back Zan Komanich. Yeah, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't really done a whole ton for them this no, season. No, but a fair, a fair, a decently talented player that sure. was omitted from the lineup. Sure, but from May 30th on, May 30th on, he's only played 276 minutes in the regular season with the club, barely got off the bench. He did get 56 minutes in that 100,000-minute RSL versus Austin game that they played in the first round, but he didn't play in the last match, wouldn't play in this one. Zan Komanich is the only notable player out. But speaking of notable players, look, we thought we'd be talking about whether it's Fagundes or Gite or Driussi or, or even Maxi Arudi, who we will talk about. My player to watch, and the, I am uh, so thrilled that I chose him. The MVP of this team in today's match was by far goalkeeper Brad Stuver. Absolutely. He's, the dude's a really, really good keeper, and I'm hoping He that was a good keeper last season absolutely. when they were a dumpster fire. Absolutely. He, he was kind of like Jonathan Bondesk, right? Like keeping them yeah. in games they had no business being in. If this is the last ever... ESPN telecast for a major league soccer match. And it very well might be with everything going to Apple and everything that's happening over the next 10 years. I'm hoping everybody got to watch Brad Stuver put on a little bit of a performance today because he was very, very, very good uh, in net for Austin on the back line. Therefore long time MLS veterans, Nick Lima and Julio Cascante on one side and Ruben Gabrielson and John Gallagher on the other in the midfield, they run that 4-2-3-1, so two midfielders. Number one overall pick in the 2021 MLS Super Draft, Daniel Pereira. And again, longtime midfielder. And this, I really like watching this player. Philly, I know you think fondly of him back from your NYCFC days. A player that doesn't do a whole ton that appears on the stat sheet, but you look at what he usually means to his club's off, uh, offensive and defensive efforts. Alex Ring, as good as it gets in the midfield for Austin, didn't really factor today. A player who I thought would factor much larger than he actually did, Emiliano Rigoni, a designated player, if you can believe it by the way he played today. Diego Fagundes, Musa Gite, and look, he's going to wind up finishing second. In the MLS MVP race, he has had an incredible season with 25 goals and five assists in Major League Soccer so far. 
but he did not factor in this match at all that he would be one number seven, Sebastian Driussi, a very good player from uh, FC Zenit St. Petersburg. Uh, I just, he didn't have anything today. We'll talk about that more. In the 18, four players I would like to talk about. Maxi Arruti, Phillies pick to click in this game. Didn't quite happen. Felipe Martin and Ethan Finley, three longtime MLS veterans there. And a kid, Philly, who doesn't turn 18 until December 30th, has a very familiar last name to the coach on the team. That would be Owen Wolf, son of head coach Josh Wolf. He actually played in two matches at 16 years old last year in Major League Soccer, Philly. And and not just because daddy coached the team, by the way. The kid no, is no. Talented. Ne- nepotism certainly didn't factor in the kid is talented. I'll give him that. Oh, so there's Austin. Philly, I got to say, we looked at the lineup during 110 Football's pregame, and we thought to ourselves, this is it. This this is what it's going to look like. I just, I still can't believe, though, the fact that they established a team successful enough to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Going into the start of the season, we would have predicted them to go on and battle it off with FC Cincinnati for the wooden spoon. All the MLS pundits and experts, nobody had Austin finishing higher than 10th, and that was David Goss. Everybody else had them within 11th or 12th place. What Josh Wolf and his team did, utterly ridiculous. So again, hats off to them. Yeah. As far as LAFC is concerned, our start- starting lineup is a starting lineup that we anticipated for the game against the Galaxy. We finally, all right, Maxime Crippa behind the, uh, in between the pipes, duh. We, uh, Murray Lini. The Murray-Lini lineup finally showed finally. up, which is something we anticipated. Our outside backs, Ryan Hollingshead and Chiqui Palacios, both of them playing exceptional Incredible games. Incredible games. Today. Our midfield, Jose Cifuentes, Ilya Sanchez, Kellen Acosta. And up top, Carlos Vela, Chicho Arango, and Denny Bawanga. And if there's anything that I can say, anything I could lay claim to, is the fact that we did lose two games to this team early on in the season by a combined total of 6-2. to two. But... In those games, in game one, in May, in which we lost 2-1 to to them, we had a front line of Carlos Vela, Mahala before he went off on his run, and Danny Musovsky. Not exactly a lineup that would strike fear in the heart of any back line. Game two, the game in which we, uh, well, it's the worst loss of the season. Let's just put it that way. We had Carlos Vela, Chicho Arango, and Gareth Bale, who since that game literally has gone missing. So there's a bit of a trend, defenders. In game one, we had one solid, consistent forward. In game two, we had two solid and consistent forwards. In game three, starting three solid, consistent forwards. Danny Buanga, Carlos Vela, and Chicho Arango. And if there is any doubt about the talent that Danny Bawanga has, yeah. there is no doubt he squashed that. Not just in the game in which we beat Portland and he scored that game-winning goal in injury time that enabled us to clinch the supporter shield. It obviously came at the hands of him scoring two goals against our bitter rivals. Danny Bowanga is built differently. Danny Bowanga is taller, bigger, sturdier, stronger than the keepers in the game. Looking on the pitch, Rigoni might have been as tall, uh, but I didn't. I didn't even think that anybody was as big as. Danny Buanga. You could look at Stuver. I don't think I'll, so. I'll you could look at Cripo. I don't think so. The only other player <laughs> yeah. on our team, Jesus David Maria. Sure. I think uh, Musa Gite is a house with feet. 
by the way. That guy is massive. That's he's, one way of describing a human he, being. He might only be 5'11 or so. What kind uh, of a house? Has a, a sturdy, are we talking about like a little about, ranch in, no, like, in Burbank? Sturdy, are we talking about a sturdy structure in Toluca Lake? Yeah, no, this is a sturdy craftsman that we're talking about with Musajite. Not a home in Calabasas. I mean... That's, that's I, all right, if we're talking about homes, what? I would say Danny Bowanga is a home in Calabasas. What happened right now? What did we just? What rabbit hole did we just go down? The rabbit hole that everybody in California likes to make money off of, and that is called real estate. Oh my goodness! All right, so Philly in the eighteen, no, no player that should have had as big of an effect on this game, but. Uh, Couple uh, got a player on the back line that had a little bit bigger of an effect. Uh, oh yes, all right. So I'll get to that. I apologize. No, I went off okay. on a random tangent. Not that I ever do that. About <laughs> Gareth Bale, heard Chris, him. Christian Teo. And by the way, Gareth Bale not literally missing since that game. We know where he is. We've seen him. He's not not literally missing. No, no, not literally or physically. Okay, but I mean his but performance is still on the back of a yeah, milk he's, cart. He's not. He's not. He's not playing. Yeah. I, look, I, it is what it is. But if he goes off and explodes and scores 12 goals in the opening round of the World Cup, I might be a little perturbed about things. Wouldn't that break Miroslav Klose's record? (laughs) No, he will never, ever get close to Miroslav Klose. (laughs) That is a legitimate record that it takes years and multiple World Cups to hit. Anyway. So Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale, Christian Teo, John McCarthy, Frank... Franco Escobar. You did it. There you yeah, go. I, I have to question that because I always <laughs> screw that up. Pablo. Yeah, I always call him Pablo. It's so, so stupid. Seba <laughs> 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 Mendez, Latif Blessing, your boy, Tony Leone, Quadwo Poku, and a man who played significant minutes in this game, a former member of the defending champions up until today, NYCFC Sebastian Ibiaga. Yeah, that, I mean, come on. That's as good of an 11 as we'll see, although we'll see another pretty good one at Bank California Stadium next weekend. So getting into it, look, normally uh, sometimes we go minute by minute and sometimes we don't. Here's why we're not going to go minute by minute, everybody. And Philly, you can stop me if you think I'm saying something that's not true. For the first 45 minutes of this match, about the only thing that was disappointing in this match is that it was only one nothing. LAFC. There were several chances that we should have, could have, would have capitalized on. And the only part that made me just a little bit nervous is the fact that we went into halftime only leading by one nothing. There was a little bit of moment of trepidation uh, at the start of the second half. But then after that, oh dear God, did we lay the whoopeth down on FC Broccoli. So with that being said, I think... Philly, because of the absolute demolition and incredible dominating performance by LAFC, why don't you and I just hit our highlights of the match in the first and second halves, and we can let you all, if you want, you can feel free, watch the game back on ESPN Plus if you want, because it was on uh, ABC, ESPN, the family of networks, you can watch it back there. But Philly, there were were a couple of moments in the first half that we want to make sure that we highlight. I'm going to say something about a very popular player that might be an unpopular take, especially because one of the uh, authors over at MLSSoccerSoccer.com, uh, they, uh, they, they tend to disagree with what I have to say about this too. Jose Cifuentes is pressing as bad as Latif Blessing was pressing earlier this season. He looks like he's in his own head, Philly. And I think no more the evidence did we need than in the 17th minute when Zifu walks in from the right-hand side, is 1v1 with Brad Stuver. And look, it, this is something we've seen Chicho Arango finish from this angle. We've seen Carlos Vela finish from this angle. Heck, we've seen Mahala and Sifu at different times finish from this angle. Brian Rodriguez even finishing from the left side, the opposite post on this same angle. 
a wide open run, and he hammers this ball off the post. Hammers it off the post, continuing to be unlucky. It goes off of Stuver, I believe, and out of bounds for a corner kick. But I just feel like Philly, in the attacking third, in the attacking third, Jose Cifuentes has become Latif Blessing right now. You know, the interesting thing is last season, the first half, he played exceptionally well. This season, I would say he played the first like 60 to 65% of the season well. For Jose Cifuentes to make a case to be sold off and to go anywhere else, he needs to play an entire season successfully. And he has not done that. He was so good for such a long time. And I would agree with you. He has sort of fallen off. And as a result of that, the confidence has changed because he did have that opportunity to make an exclamation point, to hammer in a statement. And he did not do it. We've seen the quality that, that Jose Cifuentes has we know that he could hit the long ball we've seen the highlights when he played for the U teams in Ecuador but there's something going on with Jose Cifuentes in terms of his confidence when it comes to taking shots on target we know he can distribute the ball well we know he plays defense in the midfield well but his ability to convert opportunities is not there anytime he gets the ball whether it be outside of the 18 or inside of the 18 I do not think he poses a threat and it's not because he has the inability to do so I just feel like there is something missing where he lacks the confidence in which he can do it that killer instinct that we saw earlier on this season isn't there right now. Yeah, look, and I want to be clear. I'm a baseball guy, so I tend to look at things that might appear on the back of your baseball card, right? So if the back of your MLS tops card... Uh, last He's ten- not from Elkhart, Indiana. He, he is not. Uh, who's from Elkhart, Indiana? I don't know. Why did you bring... Oh, okay. Uh, last 10 matches that Sifu played during the regular season. 691 minutes in those 10 matches. Zero goals, zero assists. In the playoffs, now two matches. 179 minutes playing all but one minute of the playoffs this season, zero goals, zero assists. So you're looking at, what is that, right around a 1,000 minutes almost, just under a 1,000 minutes of time with no goals, no assists. But, but, let's be clear. There is zero chance and zero reason that you touch Jose Cifuentes in the lineup whatsoever. We are not saying Seba Mendez or Latif Blessing should be in the lineup. And and I do want to mention Ben Wright over at MLSSoccerSoccer.com.com uh, called this particular performance, today's performance, when doing the uh, player ratings, Ben Wright says it was an efficient, effective, and elite performance by the midfielder. So um, I have no problem with being wrong. Maybe there's things that I'm not seeing. And look, again. Where, where, where is he from? I don't know. Ben Wright. And is marijuana legal? No, no, no. I, th- I think what he's talking about, though, Philly, again, we're looking at Jose Cifuentes in the attacking third when we, we kind of make this criticism of Jose Cifuentes, right? It, you mentioned it. He's an incredible defensive midfielder when he needs to be defensive. His, his through balls, his passing is usually completely on point. We just feel, again, we're only 17 minutes in and talking about this game, but we just feel like he's pressing in the offensive third, the attacking third of the pitch. So, so that being said, 17 minutes in, he bangs one off of the post. In the 26th minute, I had to check with the seismologist over at Caltech because I'm pretty sure the collision at midfield between Musa Gite and Giorgio Chiellini, I'm pretty sure that registered on the Richter scale over at the seismographs over at Caltech. Everybody, everybody in Founders where we were sitting, after that collision, we all went, oh, 
I think I even saw a couple guys in the 3252 stop cheering for a second and hold there. They clutched, they did one of those clutch their pearls moments there. Because Giorgio Chiellini and Musa Gite, that was the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object there in the 26 minutes. This sounds like WrestleMania 6. It, it kind of does, right? Uh, but is that your second WrestleMania 6 reference? I like it, professional wrestling when you, you do. want. I like it. But Philly, in, uh, in just a couple minutes later, after the collision, after the world had stopped shaking, it's Denny Bawanga on the case again for LAFC. I mean, he created something out of nothing. Yeah. And as a result of that, we end up in a situation in which we have a corner. And as a result of us getting that corner, we have ourselves an absolute opportunity. I, I mean, he deep chips the keeper, but obviously we had a backline clearance. And then we have a situation in which we've got... <laughs> Tell me if you haven't heard this before. Yeah. Vela... To Chicho Arango. <laughs> Chicho Arango, my player to watch out for on LAFC. A guy who is, he's been such a breath of fresh air for our team since he joined our club. He surpassed Rossi with all his golazos. He puts LAFC up on the boards early in the game and we, 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 we just erupted. And, it couldn't happen to a, more, a better person, a more hardworking person. The guy loves LAFC. The guy loves this town. He loves the support. He is a player of the people. And it's just, it, it, it's just so fitting that he scored the last goal against the Galaxy and he scores the first goal against Austin. He works his tail off. He may disappear from time to time throughout <laughs> the course of games, but when it comes down to it, he is an assassin, an assassin who absolutely slit the throat of Brad Stuver on that sequence. LAFC up one to nothing. Bank of California Stadium could not have been any louder. Look, we're less than a half hour in and we already get a goal. That was huge for LAFC. But I think, you know, when you talk about Chicho being a hard worker, Philly, one of the things that might go maybe unnoticed or maybe I, I don't I don't know. It's just not something I feel like people talk about nearly enough is Chicho's ability to get on the other end of a perfect cross or a perfect corner, a perfect service, Chicho. Chicho is the one. You mentioned it. The only reason why we are playing in this game is because Chicho got on the other end of Kellen Acosta's service in stoppage time against Carson. Here, Carlos Vela puts an absolute dime on the Chicho, and he puts it away. The ability for Chicho Arango to find space and to be in the right position in the box We've seen it from several other players, whether they get a ball off of their head and it goes wide or whatever it might be, and Chicho's missed a couple. But the fact that Chicho is able to be in a perfect position, Carlos Vela to Chicho Arango, and with that, Chicho Arango tying Carlos Vela, tying Adama Diamande, hmm. and tying Denny Bowanga for the all-time LAFC playoff scoring lead with Two. That's right. We have four guys. That was rather dramatic for a little goals. bit of a... Eh. <laughs> right? Two goals each. Uh, in the 33rd minute, Philly was Cheeky out cold. It looked like Cheeky was out cold. I mean, he he was starfished. And <laughs> while moving. the sun was beating down I, hard... I don't, I don't mean to laugh. He wasn't moving. No, and while the sun beats differently here in the West Coast, and I'll tell you this from the perspective of somebody from the Northeast, 70 degrees in the sun in California is a completely different animal than 70 degrees in the Northeast. But for Cheeky to be starfished out cold, 
in the way that it happened, I think it was what Rigoni who got the yeah. yellow card. Yeah. It, it wasn't an automatic yellow. It took the the officials uh, some time to come to that conclusion. I don't think he was faking it. I don't think he was embellishing it. That's like a chicharito move to be that much of a little like POS right. and cry. But he didn't do it. He didn't cry. He just it was laid scary there. To watch, it really was, was scary to watch. And that's, I mean, like there was obviously, there was legitimate concern yeah. in regards to that. Yeah, so much so that the MLS team doctor, by the way, not not LAFC's team physician, the MLS, this is a weird sequence, right? 33rd minute, he's out. He, he's down. Rigoni took him out right in the middle of the pitch. I, I didn't quite see what it was, whether it's Rigoni hitting him high. If he hit him high, then you have to think that would be a red. Or Rigoni hitting him, knocking him off his feet in the back of his head, hitting the turf, whatever it might be. By the way, that's how I had my last concussion, and that took me two to three weeks to get uh, to get over. But we we get him up, right? He's he's able to continue. Goes back out on the pitch. Cheeky makes a beautiful pass into the box to Vela from that left side where he loves to probe. Earns us another corner with his second effort. And then the team doctor, not the team doctor, excuse me, the, the league doctor comes literally running out on the pitch to say, no, wait, we have to check him for a head injury. It was just the weirdest. It was, so, it, it was such a, it was, it was Bush League. Let's just put it that way. It was Bush League. It's good that he came back into the game because even up to that point, Cheeky was playing a very fabulous playing match. Great. Playing absolutely great. Uh, look, uh, we haven't said anything about this and we're not really going to touch on this a lot through the first 45 minutes, but... If you look back at our notes, and you guys don't have access to our notes, so I'll have to tell you about our notes. There are about five or six times, Philly, in the first half where we have Brad Stuver with a save, Brad Stuver with a great play, Brad's 41st minute, that Murray to Vela, and that save that he makes on Carlos Vela. There were so many times where Stuver stops Sifu, Stuver does this, Stuver does that. The dude was flipping amazing in that first half. And look, we haven't talked about it a ton, but Brad Stuver was by far the best player on the pitch for Austin in that first half, leading into stoppage time especially. And it was just, oh my goodness, this guy is so, so good. Brad Stuver. I know we haven't talked about a particular moment, but if you go back and look at the highlights, it's save after save and solid play after solid play for Brad Stuver. But something I want to make sure we highlight before we get to the halftime whistle with LAFC up one nothing, That would be in stoppage time in the second minute of stoppage Philly 45 minutes plus two more in stoppage and we have the only shot in the half Philly at this point had taken more shots than Austin had in the half lies the only shot in the half not a shot on target mind you just a shot no their shot on target didn't come until the second half right yes it's a header blocked in front by Julio Cascante. Let me know if you had Julio Cascante as taking your first shot for Austin on a team that has Musa Gite and Diego Fagundes and Sebastian Driussi and everybody else. Julio Cascante, Philly, we go into the half. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're our stats guy at the half. Shots 16 to 1 at the half. It was utterly ridiculous. A complete domination of the Verde in black. 
Uh, a complete domination which we did not anticipate. A bit of domination that would carry over into the second half as well, and we're obviously going to highlight that. But Austin was nowhere to be found. In fact, if it wasn't for Brad Stuver, this game could have gotten out of hand relatively quickly. And that's something we all said to each other, whether it was Kobe, whether it was Mario, whether it was whoever on Christmas Tree Lane. After the Galaxy game, what we wanted to see was utter domination. Did not want to relive the kind of game that we witnessed against Carson not that long ago because, well, we're getting older. And these kind of games <laughs> obviously take away from our lifespan because I certainly feel like I got a lot more graze in my chinny-chin-chin after that Galaxy game. But it utterly shocks me at the fact that Austin did not show. It's like they weren't even there. Yeah. Their supporters were there. Their team's performance was not there. So if we're going to highlight performance, Steve Chirondolo and LAFC absolutely suffocated Josh Wolf and, and Austin FC. The team relies on Diego Vagundes. The team relies on Sebastian Driussi. And I do not recall seeing them, having any highlights by them, seeing anything. What I do recall is Rigoni being a POS, Rigoni getting a yellow card. Rigoni probably should have, if it was basketball, he probably should have fouled out the amount of times <laughs> that he did foul our players. He was the only player on that team that I witnessed do anything. It was utterly shocking at this point for the second best team in the Western Conference, a team that contended for the Supporters' Shield to be completely non-existent and a non-factor within the first 45 minutes of the game. Yeah, especially a team that had scored the third most goals in Major League Soccer this season. I mean, unbelievable. I think they, did they lead uh, MLS in assists? I mean, this was just a team that they didn't show up, but a player Philly who didn't show up for the second half, you and I just were, were sitting there. Actually, we were in the Flex Suite at this time. We were, we were talking to, to some of our friends over at Flex. And we hear uh, at the halftime, LAFC substitution coming out of the oh, game. Oh, yes. Number 14. That's Giorgio pretty good. Chiellini. Have you ever had any experience being a PA announcer? Oh, yeah, you have. I've been there when you have. By the way, been. I think, what is, it? what is his name? It's, uh, oh, man, it's going to bother me. Uh, not Kevin Smith, but uh, the PA announcer. No, oh, that would be the oh, creator of Clerks yeah, and Mall Rats, Scarf. I know. I'll have to look up his name in just a minute. The PA announcer at LAFC, you are incredible. I believe. You are the same PA announcer that I grew up listening to at, at Eric Smith. Eric Smith. See, I knew it was Eric Smith. Yeah, Eric Smith. No relation to Kevin. No relation to Kevin or Brad. I was going to say Brad Smith, but that's a that's a quarter. Was that a quarterback for like Iowa Hawkeyes or something like that? I don't know. All right. Anyways, we're getting down the rabbit hole. But Eric Smith, you are incredible at your job. However, I did not enjoy you starting off the second half saying that coming into the match, Sebastian, it'd be obvious. Brad Smith is an American attorney scarf. No, but there's there's another Brad Smith. There's a football. I mean, that there's a lot of Brad Smith scarf. Right, well, look up Brad Smith football player. Oh yeah, uh, Brad Smith football player. A quarterback. Uh oh. Where would he go to? Oh, you, go to you idiot! Two thousand six, an NFL draft pick by the by the New York by Jets. By the New York Jets. What what's college? Uh. La, 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 la. Go Tigers, Missouri. Oh, Missouri. Okay. All right. Well, we had a bunch of people screaming. Into the, the Four years as a Jet. I should have known this. Two years as a Bill and one year as a Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah, there you go. Brad Smith. That's the guy I was talking about. Anyways, Eric Smith, you're incredible at your job, but we both held our collective breaths when he said Giorgio Chiellini coming out of the half. Obviously, we knew Chiellini not coming into this game 100%. Uh, more on how he will be for the MLS Cup final 
uh, because we got some good news from Giorgio himself, straight from the Italian's mouth. Uh, that's uh, Giorgio. There'll be good news. Don't worry. But Sebastian Ibiaga coming into the match to see out the next 45. And and look, to be honest, for the first 10 minutes of the second half, Philly, it was kind of, it's that Samuel L. Jackson scene from Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. When they shut down the power grid there, I felt like they kind of shut down a little bit of LAFC's, their, their mojo, man. You know what I'm saying? My mojo. It's gone. Uh, I felt like for the last 10 minutes or so, uh, first, first 10 minutes, excuse me, of the second half, 45 to 55, uh, punctuated by a play with Sebastian Ibiaga going down center pitch. Still not sure. Maybe he collided with someone, got some feet tangled up. But thank God Austin did not see Musa Jite and how you missed a house with feet streaking down the center of the pitch. Musa Such Jite a crazy image, was by the wide, way. Thank you. Uh, was wide open in the center of the pitch and streaking down the middle of the box. But thank goodness. An uh, even worse image, by the way. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but Ibiaga goes down first 10 minutes. LAFC looked really out of sorts. And then just like that, LAFC weathering the storm. But man, Stuver again, Philly, just two minutes later. Stuver single-handedly kept his team in the game. And if there's anybody on that club that deserves a raise other than obviously Sebastian Giussi is Stuver. Stuver kept. This game was out of hand. This game was absolutely out of hand. And it should have been. In the 57th minute, Vela. Just can't get his head on the end of one, but chasing it down only to have Stuver make another unbelievable save. And that corner that we get as a result of the Stuver save leads to dramatic pause. Nada. Nothing. Yeah, Ryan Hollingshead with one of his better goal-scoring opportunities in the season. Brad Stuver shutting it down there. Stuver's really good, man. Stuver's really, really good. I mean, I said that last season when Austin was not a good team. All right. So we, we got our buddy Vince LaRosa kind of making a joke that Maxi Arruti wants to play for every single team in Major League Soccer, right? And in the 61st minute, Maxi Arruti coming on to the match along with Ethan Finley for Rigoni and Gite, two of our players to watch that exit unceremoniously after about an hour. And Philly, a player that had a hat trick against us, the last time we played him, maybe he just felt bad. Maybe he wanted to give LAFC a little bit of love. And, and uh, Maxi Irudi. I, I mean, look, we talk about perfect service, right? Carlos Vela with perfect service on the first goal to Chicho Arango. And I, I guess Maxi Irudi and Carlos Vela had worked something out at training over at the Performance Center at Cal State LA because Maxi Arruti gets on the other end of a perfect Carlos Vela service and puts it right by his own keeper, Brad Stuber. He was my pick of the team for Austin to watch out for because he played such an exceptional game against LAFC back when we lost 4-1 to against them in Austin. He obviously got triggered when there was the fight between Murillo and Fagundes down in Austin. And I, I feared for him. This is a guy who... Um, offensively in terms of the regular season, his best year since 2018. A guy in which not only you see the second leading scorer for Austin, but the second leading shot taker and the second second leading shot on goal uh, player on the team. And he featured as a member of the black and gold. (laughs) And it was so funny, so ironic. I think at one point earlier, maybe like a minute or two prior, there was an Austin fan sitting in Founders Club. She stood up and flashed her Austin FC scarf. And I yelled, <laughs> Austin, sit down. 
And I got reprimanded by Panda. She was like, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. And then Arudi enabled me to further on continue to be that guy. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Mr. Arudi. That would have been your 10th goal of the season. Perhaps your first own goal of it. But regardless... We're up two to nothing, and it is jovial in Bank of California Stadium. It, it definitely is. Maxi Arudi, too, he's, he's kind of their player. I mean, you mentioned it, right? When Diego Fagundes and Jesus David Mario kind of got into it, uh, it was, what, one nothing at the time? I yeah, think. It, it was uh, a game. And then, the, and then, like, him coming in, he kind of got, got battered around a little bit, yeah. and it triggered him. And the emotion led to him going on and scoring two goals. And if there's anything that an athlete will remember is the success that he's had in a venue or against a team. So I really felt that he would be a threat, not only because he put the ball in the back of the net nine times during the course of the regular season, but because he has the confidence knowing that he can do it against the best team in the West and the best team in Major League Soccer. And I feared for the fact that he would do this again. If you look at Sebastian Giussi's numbers, they are impeccable. Yeah. But behind him, in terms of goals, is Arudi. Behind him, in terms of shots, is Arudi. Behind him, in terms of shots on target, is Arudi. So he is a dangerous player, but he made a stupid move. And as a result <laughs> of that, that puts our beloved club up two to nothing. Yeah, I, I was worried about Arudi coming into this match for sure, but I appreciate the help that you gave us getting to MLS Cup Final. Mahalo would come Thanks, on. Thanks, schmuck. Yeah, look, uh, Mahalo would come on in the 70th minute right after a little <laughs> bit of a VAR consternation moment there. They were reviewing whether Diego Fagundes got taken down in the box. It was a relatively quick review. It goes LA. No, they were checking right. to see who had the better hairdo, me or Fagundes. Oh, wow. I didn't know that that was a thing, but there you go. Uh, I love Mahalo's energy coming into the match. And, and yeah, in the 77th absolutely. minute, Philly, up 2 nothing. Uh, what, what I like that Steve Trundle did is he signaled to the bus driver, excuse me, can we put it right back over here? If but, you don't mind, but, this but, is where... But did he, though? He did. He did. Well, I'll say, but Mendes, you could argue coming in for Carlos Vela, but they kept attacking. They did keep attacking, for sure. But he put on... The, the, we call it in baseball, right? It's your defensive substitution guy that comes in because he's a little bit better of a defensive player but can still provide some pop on offense. Seba Mendez is never going to be confused for Carlos Vela at any time soon. But he definitely had him playing up a little bit, at least at the start of it all. In the 80th minute, Philly, in the, I, I'm, I'm blown away. I am blown away that in the 80th minute, the ball headed out by Murray for an Atlanta corner and the 80th minute hex, we were thinking, all right, Austin FC, corner kick here in the 80th minute, Diego Fagundes finding <laughs> yeah. that man again, Julio Cascante, a header right at Maxime Cropot. Yeah. Why am I building the up? The only shot on target. <laughs> it's an easy header save for Maxime Cropot. You would have made that save. It's, I would have made that absolutely. save. Harry Haggard and Huff would have made that save. It's the only shot on target of the match. We are 80 minutes in. It's the only shot on target of the match. The only shot up until that point was almost Julio Cascante. He got the first one. There weren't many in between, but in the 81st minute, Mahala, look, I know Bank California Stadium doesn't have a roof, but Mahala went ahead and ripped the roof off of that the stadium. I mean, the bounce that occurred, that goes to show you the IQ that this young man has. He lives by the saying, little, little boy, bigger God, or something to that effect. I think you're right. um, the bounce that it took. 
Fagunda slides in a dispossessed Boanga on the right. The ball takes a high track to the middle for the top to the top of the box. Mahala looks at it. There's a spin, reads that mother trucker perfectly. It bounces right to him. A, a two-step, a touch, and he bangs it past Stuver. Unbelievable. We have more Mahala magic in the bank. And this young man, I have nothing but love and praise for him. What he has done, how he has developed as a player. For someone who was not on the scouting report, would have not have made last year's team. What he has done is outstanding. To me, he is the Rudy Rudiger of Major League Soccer. A unbelievable. Well, all right, fine. You might hate the movie, but the story is pretty darn good, and I cry every time I see it. So I'm going to look at it as a positive effects. Hey, I went to Indiana. I don't like Notre Dame. But, there you go. But for what he did, punching that ball in the back of the net, look, he is not who I would consider starting on the team that we have right now because Denny Bowanga obviously shows the talent that he has. But to see Mahala come in off the bench... He is the he is like this version of Latif Blessing, and there, there was something from these players coming from Akragana that blesses this LAFC roster. We did not see the star man, but not. we saw his brethren from Ghana, and we go up three to nothing. The nail is in the coffin. You and I predicted that LAFC would win by two goals. We we might have said three one. We might have said four to two. But three to nil at this point with hardly any time left. Hell flipping yes. Yeah, you mentioned it. He's a, he uses the hashtag small boy with big God. And that's that's his biggest thing. And it's just so refreshing to see. I mean, he is joy personified when he scores a goal, when he does something. Look, he mentioned he wanted to score 10 goals this season, right, Philly? And, and at the time, he was on seven. Didn't score any after he made that statement, I don't think, by the way. He might have been on six and, and scored a seventh. But now, including the playoffs, he's got eight goals on the season to go, by the way, with four assists, which is, is not too shabby. Eight goals, four assists. It's contributed to more than 10 goals. Really, wouldn't it be credible if he damn well gets to 10 by getting a brace in the MLS Cup final? I mean, oh my God. The laws imagine? of attraction, I firmly believe uh, in them. I'm all for it. Uh, I just, uh, what a perfect job to read that spin. You mentioned it. That's just a high IQ play there. Uh, in the uh, in the 85th minute, we saw Franco Escobar coming into the match for the first time. I was going to let you take that sub just so I can make you read Franco Escobar again, but I figured I'd leave you off the hook for that one. Uh, on for Cheeky Palacios, five minutes of stoppage time, but Philly, it was in the 81st minute, or at least right after that goal, right, by Mahala, that I think very respectfully... We saw Josh Wolf raise the white flag, and, and and he did. I mean, look, he he put in Danny yeah. Hosen, and he put in Owen Wolf, his seventeen year old kid, and and when Diego Fagundes. Hey, the Lakers out, won a game, by the way. Hey, blind squirrels finding acorns. Um, I just I appreciate what Austin did in that moment with Josh Wolf and the substitutions, uh, letting. LAFC kind of have their moment these last 10 minutes or so of the match with Danny Hosen and his son Owen coming on to the match. Uh, and, and LAFC, we didn't really, we didn't really try to score over those last five or six or seven or eight minutes, but 
I will say they, they didn't just play out the string. It was that third minute of stoppage time, right? Where Mahala finds Denny Bowanga and Bowanga putting it in the back of the net. I don't know that it was offside. I'll have to take a look at that. I would love to see it. I'm going to consider it four to nil scarf. I, that's we all, right? We were all celebrating. We put up the fours. The place was going nuts. But then you know what? 30 seconds later or so, the referee blows the final whistle. I did not appreciate five minutes of stoppage. Villarreal, the referee, certainly blows. Yeah, he's not. he wasn't great today. But look, he, he let everybody play. Uh, I think that... Yeah, it was not... It was by no means that I feel like it was a poorly officiated no, game. No, 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 no. Maybe there might have been a missed call in terms of a PK or whatever. Like, that was like the argument. But either way, we, we won this no, game. He was he was a good referee. And, and I which, think- which he hasn't been against us. Yeah. He, his, his officiating has gone against us several times yeah. over the course of the last year. Yeah. But I, again, I thought that it was, it was inconsistently refereed enough on both sides so that it felt like it was equally. And that's such a pathetic way to look at yeah. it. You're right. But yeah. like, that's what we have with these pretty rancid officials. Yeah, look, uh, the only thing that wasn't rancid was our mood at Bank of California Stadium. <laughs> yeah. To watch, and look, uh, Philly and I are, are, are blessed, we're spoiled, we're lucky, we're fortunate. Whatever, whatever adjective you would like to use. We got to sit there from our seats that, that look pretty much dead on at the trophy presentation. And I know you and I both teared up uh, with our significant others sitting up, there watching it. it. Um, Carlos Vela grabbing the Western Conference trophy, which, by the way, that is a piece of silverware that is going into the trophy case uh, at uh, Bank of California Stadium. So everybody out there who was saying, well, I mean, you've won two supporter shields, but like you can't really put that anywhere because you have to give it back the next year. First of all, it's silverware. And for those of you 13, 12, 11 miles down the road, you advertise it as such because you put up your Supporter Shield championships. I hate those guys. So now we've got something that's not going anywhere anytime soon. And that is the 2022 Western Conference Championship Trophy. It is not the one we want, but it is the one we won today. So with that, Carlos Vela took it to the boys and the confetti... And the air, what is that? What do they call that? The 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 thing that shoots out. I'm doing sound effects now because you know it's ridiculous. It shoots up all the all the air, the smoke, the cool looking. I don't know. Anyways, it's 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 getting late. It's almost nine o'clock. But that being said, uh, I'm sorry. What? It's getting late. We usually do these things to like two a.m. But we started earlier, so it feels a little different. That being said. How how great was it, Philly, to watch the Western Conference trophy, at least, and for Eric Smith, PA announcer, to announce for the first time your Western Conference champion, Los Angeles Football Club. For the people out there that call our club and our supporter base plastic, f- flip off. This is, this is a family-friendly podcast, so I'm not allowed to use the words that I want to use. Thank you. But there is a passion for this team. There is a passion for this club. And it goes beyond that of W's and L's. It's, it's the love that we have for the community. It's the love that we have for our supporters base. It's the love that we have for philanthropic causes. It's the love that we have for each other. When I see victories and when I support this team, I think of people like Larry. I think of you, Scarf. I think of my wife. I think about friends that I have in supporters clubs. I think of people that run charities like our buddy Vic and athletes in the making. I think of us as a whole. 
it goes beyond that of a team that just wins and loses. I can look at like my Knicks, my Mets, my Jets, my Islanders as teams that win and lose. But when it comes to LAFC, it is so much more intimate. It is so much more visceral. It is family. It is unity. It is the city. It is everything that means so much more than that of a W and an L. But that being the case, a W is a fantastic freaking (laughs) flipping thing because we are fortunate to be in this situation. When you're in the city of champions, you might feel a little more entitled thinking that your team is going to win all the time. But in the grand scheme of things, it is not the case. We were the Supporter Shield champions in 2019, and we lost in the Western Conference Final to the Sounders who went on to win the MLS Cup. Here we are, three years later, and having gone through a lot of BS, emotionally, personally, physically, between COVID, all that stuff, here we are with an opportunity to act as if we've been here and we finally capitalized on it. So for those who continue to say LAFC does not win the big games, here is another opportunity to fudge off we are in it to win it we are in the final we are without a doubt the best in the west and after next week in uh, we're going to be facing the phil Ooh, excuse me we're going to be oh facing God, the philadelphia no 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 hiccups oh, thank god we're going to be facing the Philadelphia Union. We will answer the question. We've already answered who the best in the West is. And after we defeat the Onions, we will answer who the best in MLS is. And I couldn't be any more happier. I couldn't be any more prouder. Austin failed to show up, Scarf. Yeah. Absolutely failed to show up. You look at it, they had one shot on target. Yeah. Just one. one. We had 22 shots to their seven. We had 10 shots on target to their one. You're not going to win in that set of circumstances. But it doesn't matter because we expose them for what they are, the frauds that they are, the second best team in the West, Scarf. Yes. To our being the best in the West. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. We are in the promised land, in uncharted territories, in undiscovered waters for the black and gold. My man. I don't know how much we're going to get charged going into next week or how much any of the millions, millions are going to be charged going into next week. But one thing that we can absolutely guarantee, and that's a very, very dangerous word in today's day and age, we can guarantee that we're going to witness our club in the MLS final and not bad, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Look, uh, I, I want to mention a very long cord of a connection, uh, and it all starts with Nina's brother's wedding, Luke. Luke got married in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And there is a club that plays in Colorado Springs, Colorado, in the USL, the Colorado Switchbacks. Colorado Switchbacks FC that Nina and I stopped by the stadium, Philly. Stopped by the stadium to go take a tour of. Hey, Colorado Switchbacks, you know, don't they have they have that one former LAFC player on the roster, Miche Galina. Remember Miche Galina? Wow, you're really pulling out of yeah, Miche Galina. You, you ready for this? What are the two professional clubs that Miche Galina has played for in his Major League Soccer career? LAFC. And the Philadelphia Union. Union. As our buddy Chris Lafferty has just mentioned to us on Instagram, 
they they may just call this the Ingalina Cup. I mean, this is the Miche Galina Cup that we are about to play in right now. Two teams where he has such a long and storied history with. I mean, one of the true MLS greats, Miche Galina, who's now toiling away at Colorado Switchbacks. Obviously, I'm making a joke, but total joke. I, I think what what Philly is talking about there is what this moment meant when the confetti is coming down, when the final whistle blows. It, this is a club, by the way, that has had to answer a lot of questions. Can you win a big match? And I think what we've seen this season from this club in the playoffs by beating Carson and now by advancing not just to the Western Conference Championship, but by winning the Western Conference Championship, advancing to MLS Cup Final, we're, we're winning big games. Steve Chirondolo has helped propel this team forward to take the next step, to do the, the next thing that we need to do to check off the next box and I think it's all going to culminate with an incredible MLS Cup run for LAFC. Uh, a couple of thoughts. Again, we are hearing from anyone and everyone that we have seen so far that the game is Saturday, November 5th at 1 p.m. at Bank of California Stadium. Yes, there is a USC game later that night. And yes, it is their homecoming. So they're not moving their game anytime soon. LAFC Philly becomes the ninth in the 27-year history of Major League Soccer, the ninth Supporters' Shield winner to play for MLS Cup. And Philly, the record in those nine games, the record in those nine games for Supporters' Shield winners is 7-1 and one going into this ninth game. 7-1. That, that's a fun statistic. Also, this is the first time since 2003 yep. in which the top-seeded clubs in both conferences will meet. In the MLS First Cup. First time in 19 years, man. That's also a very exciting number statistic. Number one in the West versus number one in the East. There's Look, another interesting statistic. I'm, I'm ready. Steve Chirondolo officially becomes the 11th manager in the history of this league. I think it's 10th, but go on. No, 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 no. The okay. media notes, and I will show them to you. Okay. Indicates that he is the 11th manager in the history of Major League Soccer to make it to the MLS Cup final. As a first-year coach. I love it. Uh, also, of course, both teams, LAFC and Philadelphia, playing for their first MLS Cup. Want to want to run through just a couple of quick things. How about Maxime Cropot with his one save? I mean, on he was night? bored. It is the first clean sheet in playoff history for LAFC. First clean oh, sheet. Good call. I didn't even think about history. that. For LAFC. And how about this? Philly, you and I have lived through the 80th minute hex, the curse. We've lived through, we've lived through a lot in five. Look, we can't say we lived through a lot, Scarf. We're five five years. years. That's not a lot. But of LAFC's six goals that we have scored this postseason, three of the six for us have come after the 80th minute began. Of course, with Denny Bawanga in the 80th and Chicho's stoppage time goal last week. And then Mahala in the 81st minute. Hell, it was almost four if they count that Denny Bawanga goal that was called offside. It's the 80th minute curse is becoming what we do to the opposition in the postseason. And while we know that episode 224 will be a preview of MLS Cup, here's a little preview of the preview. Philadelphia Union, number one seed in the East. Okay. Both clubs finishing on 67 points. LAFC, 21 wins. Philly, 19. LAFC, 66 goals. Philly, 72. I'm, I'm tripping every time you say that. I know, I know. Uh, LAFC with a 38 goals against on the season. The Union, how's that? 
with only twenty Thank you. with only twenty six goals given up on the year, Philly. That's a uh, MLS record for a thirty four game season. LAFC's plus twenty eight, second to only Philly's or the Union's plus forty six. <laughs> Which, by the way, they're plus 46, second all-time to LAFCs in 2019. Including the playoffs, though. Christian Philly Philemon. Including the playoffs. I mean, I... LAFC, 15-2-2 at home, and we all kind of wash away the uh, Nashville loss. So really, 15-1-2 at home, right? But how about five losses and five draws in 17 matches for Philadelphia Union? On the road. This is a team that is very beatable on the road. This is a team that will not be playing at Subaru Park. This is a team that will only have some of the SOBs. And by that, I mean Sons of Ben. That's their supporter section. I don't mean that. They, I'm, uh, I'm thinking SOBs, what you would normally call them. Uh, Philly 316 says, I, anyways. Um, I, I think that this is a very vulnerable Philadelphia club on the road, but it is a very, very, very good, in fact, it, it would not surprise me, and I'll say this out loud, it would not surprise me that if somehow the Union find a way, that Union are, are talked about as one of the greatest teams in Major League Soccer's history. However, you've got an LAFC squad. You've got an LAFC club. You have an LAFC team who is absolutely playing downhill right now. We look and are playing fantastically, and I love our chances to walk away with our first MLS Cup. I'm blown away with the success that Philadelphia has had. So we witnessed and watched and now know what the guaranteed compensation is for the entire roster of the Philadelphia Union. And I'll tell you this, they're not in the top five. They're not in the top 10. They're not in the top 15, nor are they in the top 20. LAFC is the seventh highest paid team in Major League Soccer with a 2022 base salary of 16.7 million dollars. Guaranteed compensation, 19 million bucks. Okay, cool. There are only a couple of teams that are ahead. The Rev, out. The Fire, garbage. Atlanta, garbage. Miami, garbage. Galaxy, POS. Toronto, (laughs) Dumpster fire. And you go down to the Philadelphia Union. The 2022 guaranteed compensation for the roster is $10,360,287. If you do the math, that equates to about 500000 per player. Obviously, that's not the case. Some players get are getting paid more than that. What they have done is a testament to what that franchise has managed to accomplish. They have managed to squeeze a lot out of a little, get a lot out of contributing to a little, and they're in a situation in which they are competing for the top prize in North American soccer. But that being the case, they are going to run into a major roadblock, which is called LAFC. But either way, we have not seen the top team in the East versus the top team in the West in a very long time. I said it earlier on in which what year it was when that last occurred. We are in for a treat. This is exactly what the league wants. It doesn't happen often, but this is going to be a matchup between two very, very talented teams. And it's going to come down to one factor. And that's the team who's going to want it most because Financially, LAFC defeats the Union on all levels, but they're also going to be coming in with the Coach of the Year, the Defender of the Year, and the uh, the Keeper of the Year. And that Keeper of the Year was also an MVP candidate. 
Yeah, I, I want, but they're not the black and gold. They are not the black and gold. I, I look, we we think we're gonna win. Uh, that's that's the bottom. I want to go over one quick thing: uh, an email that we got from LAFC memberships for all of you that are season ticket members. Uh, LAFC are Western Conference champions. The Black and Gold will host MLS Cup final for the first time in club history on Saturday, November fifth at one p.m. Uh, MLS Cup is an MLS event, and as an LAFC member, you have the first opportunity to purchase tickets for the MLS Cup Final tomorrow morning, which means for some of you, you might be listening to this going, crap, I should have already received the email. We're about to post this in the next hour or so. It'll be about 10 p.m. when we get this uh, this episode up, so hopefully you listen to it in the first couple of hours or so if you can. Tomorrow morning, you will be able to purchase a link. Uh, you will receive an email with a link, excuse me, to purchase tickets for the MLS Cup final on November 5th. You'll be able to purchase a maximum of four tickets and your regular membership seats may not be available. Your membership seating location will not be automatically uploaded. Once you receive this link, you will need to log in and select the location of your seats. They're also going to be having alternative parking for everybody because, of course, Great. the USC game going on at the same time may take up a little bit of the parking. So... Uh, check your emails early tomorrow morning, everybody. That will be the link to buy MLS Cup Finals tickets, okay? That being said, Philly, what a day. First of all... I'm exhausted. I, I want to mention what... You took a nap. Uh, I, I do want to mention one other thing. Uh, I think you mentioned how this is family and how this means so much. I think the other cool part is after the match, we, we stayed around, hung out with a few people for a little bit, uh, went back to Christmas Tree Lane, which yep. the party had reassembled. It was amazing. Uh, the party had reassembled. And then, you know what I love is that the four of us, that would be uh, Nina and Panda, along with you and I. We Never just, heard of it. We, we came back to Nina's and just kind of really enjoyed watching the Eastern Conference final together. Man, this is one of the things that I love the most about doing this podcast with you, just hanging out and doing some of the uh, the non-LAFC, but somehow still LAFC-related stuff <laughs> that we all do a ton of the times, my man. So uh, one more match. We got 90 minutes until MLS Cup is hoisted at Bank of California Stadium. That will be covered on our preview pod on episode 224. Is it 224? Is it, or is this one 224? Whatever it is, yeah, we're, we're thrilled that y'all are still uh, here with us. That, that'll be covered in episode 224, and then 225 could be the one where we talk about winning MLS Cup. Scarf, I just want to say, like, I want to piggyback. I Doing this podcast with you means the world to me. Uh, we, we're passionate about this team. We're passionate about this fan base. It... It honestly means the world to us. And it's not, it's not something, we're not blowing smoke up any of your arses. We legitimately love what we do, what we say, this team, everything that it stands for. We are firm proponents of all things black and gold. And the ecstasy of gold is quite a good song to depict our club. Yeah. Uh, during the 110 pregame show, I did say this. All the pressure is on LAFC, but all our supporters bring in the fire. So to wrap that sucker up, pressure creates diamonds. And fire defines, uh, refines gold. We are all in this together. This means everything to me as a transplant to this town. This means everything to my buddy JR who is from this town. We represent multiple cultures, multiple demographics, multiple lots of things. This is not just a club in which we are supporting W's and L's. This is a club in which we support culture um, and so much more 
than that. And the words evade me because I've been drinking Maker's Mark. But I love the city so flipping much. I love, I love this club. I love my podcast partner, the supporters groups, everything, the ownership. I'm just, I'm so even thrilled. Tony, even Tony Robbins? No, I don't, screw him. Um, <laughs> I love everything about what we're going to encounter. And you know what? I, I, I couldn't have imagined enjoying such an amazing atmosphere, such an amazing accomplishment with, with, with anybody else. I, I love the millions. And millions. Of all of the all-ins. From the bottom of my, my heart, thank you so much for listening to Defenders of the Bank. Thank you so much for telling Scarf that you want to see his telescope. Thank you so much for tuning into 110. We're, we're growing together, and we're, we're taking not only this town by storm, but this league by storm and North America by storm. And at this point, next week, we will be the... Major League Soccer champions. And that's the bottom line because Phillies 316 and the millions and millions of defenders of the bank listeners and proponents and antagonists of the black and gold said so. Yeah. And Maker's that, Mark. You know how we like to end all of our podcasts. Bye-bye. <laughs>